Last week we kind of took an excursus in, in a different direction for a week before we get back to our series, but we're going to land back in the book of Hebrews now. So get ready for all the jokes. You know, men should make coffee because in the Bible it says Hebrews. Uh, see, and I, see, people are turning. There we go. Uh, anyway, uh, we, we, but in the book of Hebrews itself, we've been talking about the greatness of Christ. And when we, we look at a bigger picture of who Jesus is uh, again, um, and, and how big he is, it really gives us a better view of life. And um, we looked at something that's really fundamental to faith. Growing in your faith as a, as a believer is essential to live the kind of life that's pleasing to God and truly gives us this, this most satisfying way of life and way of living. Now, last week was sort of not the same text, but the same thought in talking about what it means to grow in your faith. Uh, and we touched some of the similar kind of ideas, but we weren't really there. And so I want to review a little bit uh, of Hebrews uh, chapter 6. It's kind of like if you were to watch a, a series of movies, anyone, like a, the second one comes out or the third, you have to go back and watch the other ones. Like anytime a new Star Wars movie came out, I went back and watched every Star Wars movie. No, I'm kidding, I didn't. Uh, but, you know, especially in modern times, you'd be stuck watching all kinds of things. But, you know, you, you kind of, you have to remind yourself, like I, I to watch, you know, like when the Karate Kid series came out, like the new one, the Cobra Kai, I'd like rewatch the movie a little bit because I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, so we have to review a little bit. And, and so Hebrews chapter 6, uh, which is where we're going to land today, but I, if you remember, um, the, the verse numbers are not in the original text when people write it. Like if you ever open up a Bible, it's got like big numbers and little numbers. And basically, hundreds of years afterwards, someone you know, decides, hey, we need to help finding passages, so they put chapters and numbers in there, and so we're kind of, we're, we're kind of mid-thought here, and so in Hebrews chapter 6, I, I last time when I, I went over 5, and I kind of went in the first three uh, verses of 6, but I, I kind of feel like to understand 4 and on, we kind of need to go back to, I, I would love to go back and preach the whole message from last time, and then, then get to here, but that would make it very, very long for some of us. But so I just want to slide back Hebrew chapter 6. It says this. And, the, you know, I went in more detail last time on, on 6, if, if you want some more details on this. But it says, uh, the author writes, so, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instructions about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we'll move forward to further understanding. And so stop going over the basic stuff. Um, now, and that's, like one of the, it's, that's a funny thing because I, on the one hand... You, you kind of, at some point, you grow in your faith, and you don't need the super basic stuff. I remember there was a friend of mine, um, uh, you know, they said, open your Bibles. I think he was, like, in Bible school or something, and, uh, and, the guy, and he had a guy next to him who, you know, he didn't know, and he's like, and there's an Old and a New Testament, and the guy wrote it down. And he's like, oh my gosh, he didn't even know that. Like, that was pretty basic. He had just kind of come to faith during the Jesus movement, didn't even know there was old and new. So, you know, there's things you learn. I probably don't need to tell you every time there's an old and new testament. Now, I will because I often tell you it's the Hebrew Bible because it was written in Hebrew and all kinds of things. But, you know, there, there's some things that you kind of get. But we're all leaky buckets. You know, if you ever, if you try to move something, if you ever have, anyone have a bucket with a hole in it? Like, I have several. I don't get rid of them. And I still, for some reason, decide I use them to, like, transport water when I'm mixing concrete. I water the whole lawn as I'm getting there. I don't know why I don't just use it. But it, we're kind of all leaky buckets. You know, we leak stuff out. And so, you know, 
there, you don't have to go to the basic things, but even some of you who are doing the 28 Bible cha- uh, day Bible challenge, which we challenged you last week, try to read, because um, Matthew has 28 chapters, and we're reading one chapter uh, a week, and we kind of have a Facebook group where we're interacting and talking, and you might notice, I'll interact there, but I'm trying not to be the one talking all the time, so it's, it's not that I'm not in one, wanting to answer your questions, I'm just kind of you hear me enough, <laughs> so, but, but, but it, it is informing, like, our men's study, we were, we were talking about that, but, you know, um, you know, and, and it's interesting, because we hit Sermon on the Mount, anyone can do today's reading yet? Like, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in there, you could go over that again and again and again, because we're leaky buckets, and, and we miss out on that, uh, so they're not talking that you can't, like, go back and learn some things, uh, but, but, you know, um, but we have to eventually become mature in our understanding. Now, like, Morgan is a really cute baby, like, right? Well, she's becoming a little girl now, and it's like, you know, and, you know, occasionally the babies, like, I, I love it when they get loose at church, like, like, the parents are, like, not paying complete attention, you're, like, mortified, but the rest of us think it's hilarious when they're, like, going under pews and stuff, and they take off, and they let out squeals, and I just smile, and we're happy to have babies in church, you know? Again, mom, mortified, we don't care. <laughs> we love it, but, you know, it's cute then. If, if Josh, it, so you know my son, you know, if Josh, everybody turn out and stare at him for a second, okay, is crawling underneath the pews, it's, like, awkward and weird, right? <laughs> like, because you have to grow up and behave differently at some point. Um, and, so, and it's the same thing with our faith. Maturity is to be expected. And we don't need further instruction about baptism and laying on hands, resurrection, death. And these are, you know, uh, uh, kind of big things, you know, uh, you know there, there's baptisms, laying in hands, resurrection, there's, there's ultimately, there's an eternal judgment, uh, and all of these things. And, and, you know, he says, God willing, we'll move to further understanding. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, a lot of us have jobs. Anyone have a job? You know, okay. Do you have, like, on-the-job training? You have maybe some sort of trainings you have to go to, and even if your job is relatively the same, it's like there's always refresher trainings and things you have to go to, and there's, if you want to move up when you're younger, you, like, do their, all their leadership training things, and, you know, hopefully, you know, if you hate your job, you do a lot of training maybe to get out of your job, but, you know, most of us do that, uh, and, and so, you know, it's the same thing with faith is we, we should do things intentionally to grow. And that's, again, why we're doing things like the 28-day Bible challenge, because we all start off the new year going, oh, yeah, I want to be a better me, right? Like, you, you, go, you go to the gym more. Like, I avoid the gym as much as I can in January because everybody's in the gym. There's no space to get in the gym. Or I, you go in, like, an odd time because, like, you go, and, it, and it's great. If you're trying to get healthy, I'm not trying to push you out of the gym. Please come. Join me. We'll, like, I, I'd like to ride my bike but it's like we have winter again in Delaware. You know, we haven't had winter in a while. We get it in spurts. I can't, it's hard. I don't like to ride outside when it's icy because, you know, I like life. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm just thinking I have enough accidents when there's not ice slicks everywhere. You know, and the last thing I need to get is like this tiny little tire on a slick, slick ice. Anyway, um, but, <laughs> you know, you know we, we, many of us, we, we do things to, to, to grow in the new year, and so I think reading scripture is one of those keystone habits, because if you read scripture regularly, it, it, you see what God wants, not always what we want, because I get my ideas about who God is, and what he wants, and when they start to match up too much with what you think, uh, either God has changed you, <laughs> or, or, or you just, we kind of, you know, someone once said, God created us in his image, and we've been doing him, returning the favor ever since, <laughs> because we, we tend to think God thinks like us, and so you read things like the Sermon on the Mount, and how to deal with people, and forgiving, that's hard, right? 
Some of you are being honest. Some of you aren't. Some of you skipped it. You didn't read it in the 28-day challenge. So you don't know what we're talking about. But, but you know, forgiving people is hard. A- anyway, so we, we have to intentionally do things to, to grow in our faith. Now, all of that is to preface this. <laughs> um, this is probably one of the most difficult and debated scriptures uh, in the Bible. Now, you're, now, actually, some of you, I got your attention. Some of your eyes glazed over more than before. I can see the glaze over there on Facebook. No, I'm kidding. I can't. Um, <laughs> anyway, it, uh, it, it's, it's a tough passage, so just prep yourself for that before we begin. Um, maybe a shot of espresso, get you going. There's some coffee in the back. Anyway, it says this, For it is possible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. Uh, When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Um, That is not one you're putting on a cross stitch on a pillow, right? Like most of you probably didn't like read this and go, oh, I'm going to post that one on Facebook today. Let's, let's put that on Instagram. That'll be my snap story. You know, uh, I don't know what you do with it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's a tough one. You know, and yet it says, you know, once you're enlightened and now it's interesting because the Greek is the idea of being lit. So once you're lit, don't quit. This is what I, I, that's, <laughs> I'm too legit to quit anyway. You know, anyway, uh, anyway, just so you have this stuff. And it's sort of this scary image, you know, <laughs> If you're lit and you quit, you know, God will light the field. <laughs> you know, anyway. And so really, kind of, it comes down to, and this is one of those passages, my temptation is to dig into it, look at all the different words, the context, and, uh, and uh, it kind of, I feel like if we do it too closely, we'll actually kind of lose our way. This is like a case of one of those, you know, you kind of miss the forest because of all the trees. And so, um, Big question becomes, you know, can you lose your salvation? So we're made right in, uh, by, uh, by Christ and faith. And, and so the big question that people, when they come to this passage and they argue about it becomes, you know, um, can you lose your salvation? Now, I am a Team Jesus person. Now, I know there's actual a group that calls himself Team Jesus. I don't know. I don't know who they're Team Jesus, but I'm Team Jesus. Like, if you're a believer and follower of Jesus, man, you're on my team. <laughs> you know, we're, we're in this together. We're working on stuff. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not hating on the church across town. Like, we're, we're, we're team Jesus, man. If you're, now we have, but we sometimes have different understandings of scripture and things. And so we kind of, we land different places where we fellowship and different things. And this is one of those. And I, you know, there's, there's team reformed, uh, which is, you know, it just, it's a different team than our team. Uh, if you're reformed and you're here, that's cool. We've, we have, we, I don't know, we've had some Reformed people. And so if you're Reformed, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of Calvinist, uh, you know, you kind of, well, if they, they taste it, but they weren't really a part of things. And I'll tell you, that's hard to justify with the Greek. <laughs> Once saved, always saved. If you stay saved, and can you be saved? <laughs> uh, you know, if you, per, if you don't persevere, you wore the jersey, but you weren't really on the team. So that's kind of where they land. Or Arminian, uh, which is, you know, you were on the team, but you took off your jer- jersey and left the field, so you got released. I could not have planned the timing on that better. Some of you get that, some of you don't. Uh, thank you, thank you. Anyway, 
Uh, but here, here's the story. One of the books I read, and some of the books I read on this this week even made my eyes glaze over. Uh, like, oh gosh. Um, anyway, um, so I, I read one, and this one guy, this one guy, and he has he's a funny story. He he talks about he's at an academic conference, and so I picture him presenting all these academic papers and things, and then they kind of like go out shopping, and they're in I believe San Francisco because of this, the way the story is, and they all like they run into another scholar, and they're all like packed on this like trolley going through San Francisco together. And they begin to have a spirited debate amongst themselves about this passage. And he says, two in our party defend, defend an Arminian position, uh, i.e. that a true Christian cannot, uh, can lose salvation. One proclaimed those described in 6, 4 through 8 as real Christians who had not lost salvation were under judgment as the people of God. The fourth member of the debate suggested that the fallen were never true believers in the first place. So kind of picture this intense theological debate. But then the author kind of laughed because he's like, he looked around in the trolley car and he's like, we're having this spirited debate and everyone else, their eyes are glossed over and they're not paying attention. And here's the thing, if I landed on this and went into some details, all of you would have your eyes gloss over and stop paying attention. So we have to hit this passage because it's in scripture and it's important because I, I, I think it, it, it teaches us something, but uh, the danger is I'm going to have an irrelevant debate in front of bored, confused people. <laughs> but, but you need to be aware of the content of this passage. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons we teach through the books of the Bible, because again, you run into stuff that like I wouldn't naturally go, okay, what's the hardest well, I might, but most people aren't going to be like, oh, that's one of the hardest, most debated passages of Scripture. Let's spend our time in that on Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> but it's all there for us to grow. The, the Scriptures all teach us something, even if we don't understand. If we don't understand and, and are aware of things, people can also use Scriptures like this to deceive us and, and teach us some things that, that are way off. Uh, you know, and, and, you, and we miss out on something that got real. So uh, my take ultimately is, uh, <laughs> you know, when you turn away, repentance again, I fall into that Arminian camp, not Armenian. I know, I know some of you are thinking Cardassians or Cher or you have famous Armenians. Some of you didn't know they were Armenian. Now you are thinking, <laughs> not, not Armenians, but Arminians, because uh, there was a guy named Arminius. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's been said you can't lose your salvation, but you can give it back. Now, I, I, I had a friend at, when, I went to, when I went to college, um, I was a wrestler, and so, um, you know, I was a believer. There weren't a lot of believers on the team. <laughs> um, let's just put that out there. Uh, it was an interesting group of folk. <laughs> and so, but it was, it was funny. I ran into this guy who was like, he was a guard. Um, like, his job was to sit there, you know, and make, we were kind of an urban campus before there were, like, security guards in places we always had security guards and, and so his name was Pooh. so Pooh, if you're listening because I, I reached out to you on facebook this morning because i was like what are Pooh still out there Pooh's still out there and, and Pooh and i would have um now you're thinking winnie the Pooh, <laughs> and he, he did have kind of these big sad eyes like he was like he, yeah anyway <laughs> but it was it was also like i i, I met Pooh, we got to talking and i you know g generally had like a real faith like when i talked to him you know we just i mean we, we kind of hit it off and just a cool story, man. He had a crazy story. I'll tell you someday. I won't tell his story for you. Uh, maybe we'll get Pooh to tell it. <laughs> Reach out to me, man. Uh, it's a beautiful story. God saved him. And I remember, but we would have this debate about a passage like this because, again, I'm, I'm reading scripture and we're talking about things. And, you know, he'd always be like, well, what sin puts you over? You know, is it this? Is it that? You know, like, kind of like if you can lose your salvation. You know, and I, my, my point, I don't know. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 see, and, then, and so I don't read this passage and think if you ever sin, you totally lost it. Because I don't know about you, 
I got a few sins. You know, I mean, Drew's got more than me, but, oh, Drew's not in the dark, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> just messing with him. <laughs> no, uh, you know, <laughs> um, you know, Jesus, and again, if you're in the 28 Bible ch- day Bible challenge, what did Jesus chapter 4, um, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 say? You're supposed to memorize the chapter each day. Is that what you're doing? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Some of you are like, man, that challenge just got more challenging. Uh, we're going to kick it up a notch. Uh, anyway, it says this. It says, from then on, Jesus, after his baptism, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins, turn to God, and the kingdom of heaven is near. And then, okay, if you, if you were to skip ahead to Revelation, which is sort of the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, uh, and it says, you know, Jesus to the, to the church at Ephesus says, look how far you've fallen, turn back to me and do the work she did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. So, beginning of Jesus' ministry, last book of the Bible. You know, there, there's always repentance, and I could pull, pull out examples and things, and, and Paul and all kinds of things. And, and so there, there's this constant, there's this room for repentance when we feel remorse for sin. But there is a danger, and I, I would be unkind to you if I didn't tell you this. There is a danger of living in willful, deliberate sin. If you know the truth, you, you've accepted, you know, Jesus as your Savior. You, you kind of, you say, I'm going to live that life. But then you, you constantly live in a way that's in opposition to him. There's a danger in that. Um, at some point, you may not want to come back. Uh, now, some of you are wondering if you're there right now. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, you know, and, and, and um, in Matthew chapter 12, which you guys will be reading this week, see, I pulled all the Matthew verses in, you know, this week instead of going to Luke or, you know, Mark or, uh, anyway, so Matthew chapter 12, said, you know, which you're going to read this week, says, so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or the world to come. Uh, so Jesus talks about there's this sin of, you know, of, of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and unfortunately, Jesus doesn't spell out what it means, <laughs> would have cleared things up. He said, whoever says things, he doesn't. Uh, and when I, when I first read Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, I'll be honest, I hadn't lived a good Christian life, my, my life. Anyone, anyone not live a perfect life? You know, it's good, one or two of you. Uh, the rest of you are liars. And <laughs> no. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I was concerned. I started reading the Bible, and some of you are going to read this, and you're like, I was like, oh my gosh, did I do that? I had to go talk to the pastor, you know? It's like... And then it was funny because I eventually became the youth pastor at the same church, and people would come asking the same questions. And I was just laughing sometimes. I'm like, I remember going to talk to Kurt about that. <laughs> you remember Kurt? <laughs> uh, because you know, you're like, oh, maybe have I done, have I done that? And, and so you know, we, we we have sin, you know, and, and there's this, this, there is like a point of that, uh, you know, uh, you know, if if it's often said, if you're concerned that you commit it, you likely haven't. Because, like, with blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, uh, N.T. Wright said it this way. He said, it isn't that God gets especially angry with one sin in particular. It's rather that if you decide firmly that the doctor who is, suffer- who is offering to perform a life-saving operation on you is, in fact, a sadistic murderer, you would never give your consent to the operation. There is no middle way uh, for the world today as for Israel then. And, and so, basically, if you reject the surgery, if, if you reject God, that's, that's ultimately where the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit comes out. If you reject what Jesus is doing, the Pharisees, if you read the context, they're rejecting what he's doing. And, and so they go, hey, you know, you know, you're not in the boat. Because if you reject Jesus, there's no hope. Now, 
in my experience, and this is, you know, bear with me. In my experience, uh, there are some people who walk away from the faith. I, I, from every look at it, they seem to have, you know, faith. I'm not saying walk away from deep water and go to a Baptist church. That's just your conviction on scripture. Again, team Jesus. You walk down the street, go to that church. That's cool. <laughs> We're all team Jesus. <laughs> we, we do stuff with them. Uh, but, but there are people who walk away. Now, I saw this on Twitter one time. People are all upset, and they're all at Twitter. Um, <laughs> Twitter is such a fun... Anybody on Twitter regularly? Like, don't be. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, sort of, I, I get my news there. I mostly follow theologians, but for some reason, Twitter always sends some things to you, and people all get, like, all get upset about like, the craziest stuff. And this guy said something, and then like, people screenshot something that was said on Facebook and throw it on Twitter. I don't know why. I mean, did you tag that dude so he could respond? I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, but you know, they, they got, got all upset, because, but I think that what this guy said was true. And he may not have said it in the perfectly worded way, uh, but I mean, I would, on Twitter, you tend to assume the worst of somebody and their position is wrong rather than giving them any grace. I'm just saying. <laughs> You shouldn't. You should give people grace. And, you know, but that's a whole other whole nother sermon. Um, but he said this. He said, you know, it's my experience that many people walk away from the faith because of, um, they, they want to cheat on their wife. <laughs> I found that to be true. I know multiple, I know it's crazy. Multiple people who go, well, I want to cheat on my wife. Uh, and I'm sure it happens the other way. I just, the people I, I, I deal with. But I my religion says I can't do that, and therefore I have to reject my religion. It sounds ridiculous, but I've seen it time and time and time and again. I wish I hadn't. Um, <laughs> and I'm not talking about people you know right now, but <laughs> you know it's true. And, <laughs> and I think a good way to look at that, this whole idea of can you kind of start off on the right path, go the other way, and I think, and some of you maybe when, when you know, the author of Hebrews had the little agricultural thing with the field. Maybe you're thinking this. I know you were, because you're thinking, I'm going to get to Matthew chapter 13 here soon, and I'm going to read that story, Parable of Soils. Anyone got this one in their mind right yet? No, just me? All right, uh, Matthew chapter 13. Uh, and I'm going to skim, skim it a little bit. It, you know, it, it, Jesus left, leaves his house, he sits beside a lake, and he's teaching, and he says, hey, look, a farmer went out to plant some seed. And you know, back in the day, and I'm going to skim this first part, you know, they're chucking seed. Like, like, anyone ever plant grass in their yard? Like, there's, you know, sometimes you're just, like, chucking it, right? Like, I mean, I mean you could get the little spreader and spread it evenly. I did that stuff, too. But, but then sometimes, like, little areas, you know, they didn't have the little machine to kind of, like, walk around. And so you just, you sow seed. You know, you, you just chuck it out there. Uh, and, you know, it says some fell along the footpath. Um, you know, and sometimes paths were plowed over, or, or it would just land on the path, and, and you know, the, it says the birds took it, and I picture seagulls at the beach. I remember when Denise was pregnant, <laughs> uh, like this seagull came down and grabbed her pizza from behind her back. Man, you don't take a pregnant woman's pizza, and I chased that thing, and I got that pizza back, and then I'm like, what are we going to do with the pizza now? Like, who wants a seagull eating pizza? <laughs> but, you know, it was just instinct to protect my lady. <laughs> um, you know, or, or if you have friends, like, if you go to the beach with your friends and they fall asleep sunbathing, throw french fries on them. It's hilarious. <laughs> I just got uninvited to your beach, Ty. <laughs> I'm stealing your wise men at Christmas. I'm throwing french fries on the beach. Anyway, and then the shallow soil. Some lands in shallow soil. You know, and, you know, it kind of starts to grow, but doesn't really take. 
And, and we have an area in the Christmas trees, you guys you know, we have a Christmas tree farm. And if you, if you try to plant trees, it's very difficult to plant a tree. And it's very difficult to get anything to grow in that one corner because my grandfather, when he built the house, um, he had, they used to have a coal-fired plant here in town, and they have the leftover, like kind of the, the rocky junk. And so he made his driveway out of that. And instead of like getting rid of it, they just kind of covered over it at some point. And so the Christmas tree farm is, it looks like good soil, but nothing good grows there because, you know, it, even the trees that grow there are pretty rough looking. Anyway, shallow soil kind of comes up, then dies. Thorns, uh, you know, and, and you know, again, Christmas trees. It's like if I don't, if you don't kind of get it by the root, they grow up everywhere. And so, and then there's fertile soil uh, where, you know, you get 30, 60, 100 times as much has been planted. So Jesus says, hey, there you go. And he doesn't explain the parable right away. And you, you guys can read it when you get this to it this week. But here, starts verse 18, says this. Now listen to the explanation of the parable of the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath uh, represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or 100 times as much as been planted. So footpath, evil one snatches away. Again, that doesn't bother us. We love this. <laughs> uh, you know, footpath, you know, you know it's just snatched away. It's gone. And some of you know that. You, you, you share the gospel with somebody, you share truth, and it just, it, you know, doesn't take. Rocky soil uh, aren't deep and they don't last. And there's people who kind of start off checking out the thing and then they kind of fall away. Um, and then thorns, message gets crowded out by the worries of life. And that, that is a big concern in America because we get really worried about stuff, right? I like my stuff. Don't get me wrong. We had a tornado. Um, I haven't mentioned it in several weeks, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> it was it was sort of a big event in my life. We had a tornado come through, and people are like, "Oh, you guys didn't really get hit by the tornado." I'm like, "You should have been here. I didn't have a roof." <laughs> you know, we had trees going sideways through our house. It was awesome. We had windows where there weren't windows before. <laughs> uh, you know, but but you know, you, you get you know, it's hard because everyone's like, even Christians are like, "Oh, that must be horrible. All your stuff." And I'm like, "That's just stuff." You know, it, it destroyed some things that we, you know, had that were like family heirlooms or whatever. Eh, whatever. It could be there fixed or not, because it's, it's all going to burn anyway. Uh, but, you know, because it's just stuff. But in America, we like our stuff, right? We have, we have, like, we have stores in town. You can go and you can buy anything you want. It's cool stuff. I'm going to go. Not today, probably, but maybe later. But, you know, I'll go buy some stuff. I like stuff. But the problem in America is we struggle because sometimes we love our stuff too much, right? Now, you can have wealth, but a big, big question is always going to be, does the wealth have you? Because <laughs> uh, you, can, you can have stuff and not love it, but it is a challenge in America. And I, and I think a lot of things, and it's not just the stuff, but even like activities and things that, that pull us away. We occasionally have to do sports on Sunday. We try not to, but sports are a big idol in America. I don't know if you guys noticed, people like sports in America. Anyone else? Okay, just me. I'm just talking to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we play sports, we watch sports. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I heard this person one time, they were telling the story, and they went to India, and the person was like, there was like 
blood from like a sacrifice and everything there. And, you know, they, someone would sacrifice something. And, and then uh, the, the person, he's talking to the person, they're like uh, a Christian pastor's wife. You know, and you've been to America? And she said, oh, yeah, I wouldn't go back. I'd hate to go back there, though, all the idolatry. And he's like, there's like literally a, you know, <laughs> but, but they're like, because you build giant stadiums and you worship sports and there's restaurants everywhere because you worship food and they're meddling, right? <laughs> anyway, what, what I mean by that is there's a lot of stuff in this life that crowd out faith. And, and Jesus tells this story, one, to teach you the truth, but two, it's a warning that oftentimes if we're not careful, the, the things that are blessings to us can also be things that pull us away from faith. Again, it's, it's not bad to have stuff. Hope God blesses you and you have lots of stuff. <laughs> We're, we like, we, like, we want to get this building. We're about to buy it. <laughs> Good things. Um, interesting. You can't always define where people are and figure out their dirt, although some of you talk, try to talk about dirt, and that's another one. <laughs> uh, but, but we see that, you know, uh, you know, our lives should look different. Uh, you know, Hebrews 6, there's a warning reminder to grow in our faith, to put God first, to grow deep roots. Because if we don't, our faith's not going to be what it could be. Now, and I, and I think Hebrews, so kind of keep that in, you know, the first part was sort of, you know, this admonition to grow. And then there's this, this warning to not fall away. And, and I think this third part here kind of pulls it together, which is this, you know, how to live that life. And, and so Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9 says, Dear friends, even though we're talking this way, about all this stuff, about falling away. We really don't believe it applies to you. <laughs> uh, we're confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and how, hard you've, uh, how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will, um, you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those going, who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. You're meant for better things. And, and, and I think, you know, John 10.10, which is one of my favorite uh, scriptures, Jesus said, uh, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And, and living for Christ is this, this full life. It's this better way of living. Now, some of you know I have a dog named Loki right now. Uh, now, some of you are thinking, Loki, but you're a Christian. Right? You name your dog Loki, whatever. Uh, it's not after the Mar Marvel movies, but it's, uh, maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, Loki is, is a funny little dog. Um, I call him little because he's only like 70 pounds. That's a, like a little dog. Um, he thinks he's a lap dog. Some of you who have bigger dogs, you know, they always think they're, uh, you know, they think they're lap dogs, even if they're like... Um, you know, uh, I know people have like Great Danes who think they're lap dogs. It's, it's, does anyone have a Great Dane? I would love to play with a Great Dane. Anyway, uh, I love I love big dogs. Anyway, um, Loki, not long after we got him, uh, ran into traffic. You know, we, we kind of thought we were good. He was good, and then like I, I think it was like the UPS guy pulled up, and he was he was like talking to the UPS guy. He was good with him, but then he's like, "Oh, I can leave now." I don't know how in his mind he thought. You know, we we he was and he ran up the street, ran out across State Street. Uh, you know, not good stuff, right? And so we we still have to restrain him by putting you know a line on him when he's just out. You know, because if if not, he runs off, and he's fortunately he's friendly, but you know. We, we care for him, and we don't want Loki to die. Um, and, and, you know, some of you 
uh, few of you probably knew, my, my mom's dog ran out into traffic, and I saw it get hit and rolled over and everything, and it was, it was horrible. And Sadie lived. It's okay. She walked a little. She was a little crooked after that, but, but, but she still lived a good life. But, uh, you know, because I care for Loki, I've seen what can happen. I put restraints on the way he can live. Now, he thinks, oh, they don't let me run free. But reality is what? It's better for Loki. And that's how it is with God. Sometimes God has rules and restraints on us, and we don't like them because we think we know best. We think, you know, oh, I, could, I should be able to run free. I won't get hit by cars. That, they're not a danger. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and, and so living a life for God, sometimes you know, we, we're made for this full life, we, but sometimes the full life has restrictions on it. Uh, and and there's true, you'll find true joy when you learn uh, to live his way. And we ignore those rules, we risk our lives. Um, it says how hard you've worked for him and how you've shown your love to him by, by, by caring. You know, God ultimately will reward us for the life we live. And, and I think if those of you who are doing the 28-day challenge, if you haven't, you know, start, you could start in whatever, you know, it's like, um, I think sub, subtract two from the date and you end up at the chapter because we started on the third, I don't know. People who are math can do better at that than I am. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you can jump in with us now if you want. Um, you, know, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, if you read the Sermon on the Mount, that's a lot of how to live, right? You know, if, if I could only read one thing over and over again, and if I ever have, and if I ever have questions about how I should live or if I want, like, a little refresher on Jesus, for me, Sermon on the Mount, there's a lot in there. It's like... Like, it's hard to read the whole thing in one sitting because you want to read, like, one piece and go, huh, that's deep, man. <laughs> they should have put, like, 50 chapters in there. I don't know. Uh, and I did a whole series on that one time, you know. Uh, so I did, I, I, I don't know how many weeks we did just on the Sermon on the Mount, and you're trying to read it one day. There's a lot in there. Uh, but, it, again, it tells us how to live. And, and when you live that way, you know, that, that's ultimately the way God wants you to live. It says you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Things get naturally dull when they're used. Now, I can't tell you, because some of you, thank you for buying me a new chainsaw, because my other one burned out in the tornado, and so you guys surprised me in the fall. I did not expect a chainsaw. Like, I mean, I was kind of like, you know, sometimes you guys pull together, buy me a fun gift. I appreciate it. I really did not see a chainsaw coming. I'm probably the only pastor in Delaware who got a chainsaw. Maybe the only one, you know, uh, you know, and if you, you know, a steel 261, I wanted one so badly. Now I have one. And we fired it up last week and cut some firewood for some folks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, but when you cut with a chainsaw, you know, one of the most important things to do is what? Stand back, not lose a finger, all these things. But I am impatient, and I just want to jump right to work, but taking the time to sharpen the saw changes your day, because you will be sitting there, you like hacking at wood, frustrated it's not cutting, all this stuff. You take five or ten minutes to sharpen your chain properly, and then it's cutting through like a hot knife through butter, <laughs> but you have to sharpen it because you stole it. Or, or I think about my, my hunting knife, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, I don't, sometimes I don't even use it that much, I swear the thing gets dull on its own, and there's some theories, metallurgical theories on that, but you know, it's like you have to sharpen it, because when I need it, I need it to be sharp, right? Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, here's the, life dulls us spiritually, 
It does. It's just, it's hard sometimes. You're stuck in traffic for seven hours on 95. <laughs> you know, you, you know, that's, that really happened. <laughs> but, but you know, people, interactions, different things, life is hard. It can dull your spirituality, and you feel blunt, if you will. <laughs> Some of you get blunt after, after a bunch of hours of it. But you know, when, when, you, when life dulls your, your spirit, you, come, you have to sharpen up. And, you know, uh, and so we need to grow. We need to, you know, uh, do things which, which cause us to stay sharp. Um, you, know, you know, and for some of us, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's a new journey and you haven't started that journey in the faith. And we, we talk about it's the ABCs of salvation. It's as simple as admit that, that, that we need a Savior, believe that Jesus came and died for your sin, and then commit to following him. And a lot of times it's just a simple prayer, starts a long journey of, uh, for that. Um, you know, and you can say yes to Jesus, whether you're online or here today. Uh, you know, and, and it's just that, that simple thing. And for some of us, maybe it's, you know, um, A-B-R-C. <laughs> you know, it's admit, believe, recommit. Be- because we get dull, we don't act right, we get our hearts off. And so, you know, Sundays can be a time where you, you recommit and go, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live this thing out. And ultimately, God's going to work in you, and then he's going to work through you. And, you know, you grow in your faith, and ultimately, we'll live differently because we know Jesus.